of the Televoid. I'm one of your hosts, Mara Kate Elliott, and I'm joined, as always, by my lovely co-host, Latoya Ferguson. Hey, Latoya. Just drop Teach Me How to Understand Christmas from Community right in here. Just drop it right in there. (laughs) Oh, well. (laughs) Hey, Latoya. And we are joined by returning guest, Lenny Burnham. What's up, Lenny? Hey, thanks for having me. Oh, you're welcome. Well, it is your favorite episode of your favorite show I it's, think right? <laughs> no I, would, I did not pick the episode this okay. is not one of my favorites okay so well we are watching your favorite show stacked season two episode one nobody says i love you and it's first of all it's a sitcom starring pamela anderson set in a bookstore i mean that that's why of... it's funny it's called stacked you guys oh, get it and I should start off by reading some of the Wikipedia page just because I found it so amazing that Stacked was hailed as the opposite of Cheers. Instead of a smart person comedy in a dumb place, it's based on the concept of a dumb person in a smart place. So it's a workplace ensemble comedy revolving around Skylar Dayton, who's Pamela Anderson, who's tired of her nonstop partying lifestyle and bad choices and boyfriends and decides to make a major life change by wandering into Stacked Books, a small family-run bookstore owned by brothers. <laughs> and now she works there. That's literally the premise for the show. Yeah, that's definitely a misquote. Oh, is it? Okay, good. <laughs> yeah, uh, the creators of the show would definitely never call Skylar a dumb person. That's okay. a big part of it. Okay, so why don't you give us a little bit of background about the show? Because this is the first and only episode I've ever seen of it. Do you um, normally like the rest of the show? Uh, yeah, this is a pretty typical episode, um, but yeah, it's, it's what you said with the reverse cheers, I've read that quote too, but the thing is, it's about a non-intellectual person in an intellectual environment, which doesn't actually make her dumb and they're smart, as you see throughout the show. Yeah, I don't see them as intellectuals at all. No, they're actually equal, I mean, everyone's just kind of, whatever, I wouldn't consider, it'd be different if it was like, you know, maybe even a library or something. If they were a bunch of Frasers. Yeah, it's just a bookstore. It's just people who like to occasionally read. Although one of them is like a waitress and the other one's just like a client. So it's not even like, I don't know, it's bizarre. But anyway, so, um, but yeah, it's, so it's, it's essentially just, uh, Pamela Anderson is one of the, I guess she's an employee there. Although no one seems to be working and she's not in kind of uniform. And the I, waitress I, I, just holds a pot of coffee. That's that's her being a waitress. She she's holds a, a pot of coffee. Not a waitress. Oh, oh sorry. Okay, sorry. That makes sense why she's holding a pot of coffee. That is the profession. I was confused because she was handing out muffins though, so I didn't know. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> Here, have Here a muffin. Just, like, haven't you ever been to a bookstore cafe? Yeah, I just I, I don't know. I figured it was kind of like I don't know. Was, people was... were working those rare times I've been there. Really? Because I know people who worked at bookstores, and that does not happen. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone just stands around talking. Yeah, pretty much. Saying I love you. you. <laughs> We're not saying it. All right, so we can get into this episode at hand, and then maybe we'll, it'll tease out the rest of the show at large. But um, first of all, the credits are insane. Like, it starts off. I was already page. done. <laughs> it's Pamela The Anderson. biggest eye roll. In slow motion, is something is something must be hitting. Is it like pages or something? I wasn't paying attention. I was mostly just like, what is happening? She's like shaking in slow motion, like groping herself, like a music video, which I get it, but it also doesn't really match up with the show. And it's it's almost like one of those like Fox ads where there's like confetti dripping everywhere, and then like she's shaking around. Like that feels. Like I'm fairly certain there was one in promoting the show. Right, so I get that part of it, but for it to be the credits of the show was like, inc- and it's like she's in a really low cut top, of and course, just really like 
just gyrating at the screen. It was it was a little strange. And then it just that's it. It just cuts to like stacked on top of that. And then it, the episode begins. So there was nothing really. I was just right off the bat. I was like, this is insane. And then um, it starts off with her showing up and telling uh, the barista. Cat, I think her name is, that she loves her. Mm-hmm. So, this Skylar, I don't, I'm trying to describe what she's like as a human being. She's just I would, I guess I, she's like a, previously known as like a party girl. But she seems like nice. I don't know anything about her. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. But, so, so she's she walks up to Cat and says like, you know what Cat, I love you. And then from then on out, she just kind of goes person to person telling everybody that she loves them. Mm-hmm. Including Christopher Lloyd. I don't know what Christopher Lloyd was doing on the show. But I guess he's back in acting and doing this. It was strange. <laughs> and he, he... Is he a customer? He seems like a customer. Yeah, he's like a regular at the cafe. Okay, so he's like sitting there drinking coffee and reading a newspaper. He's, I would say, probably the most you know, prototypical intellectual of the bunch. Like, he's actually... Yeah, he would be the only one I would consider an intellectual. He's got the phrase Possibly. He's just sitting there reading. I mean, he's not even... He's kind of just a... But he says something along the lines of, like, he was a hippie, too, so I'm guessing he's kind of like a Berkeley hippie. So he's kind of got that, you know, Sandy Cohen vibe going on, but he's a lot less <laughs> lovable. Um, and so she tells him also, like, thank you, Howard, I love you. And he, at first he's like, thank you for brightening my morning, but then he's like, it's weird. Because when she leaves, he, he calls Cat over and says, how weird is it that she's, like, telling us that she loved us? Oh, this and is uh, also after he compliments her dress, which the first thing I said upon seeing her was, like, what the hell is she wearing? What is she wearing? That is an eyesore. It is... I don't even know what you would call it. It looks like it's, um... Oh, there's a name for it. I don't remember what it's called. But it's, like, a... It's almost like a kimono. But it's, like, one of those kimonos that you wear to bed or something it's so strange but she's wearing it out and it's it's very very like um vivid like it's got all different types of colors it's teal it's like they threw paint on it yeah and so she's you know kind of seems a little off i don't know the character but this seems at least a little bit out of the blue or maybe i don't even know her character i I think it's i don't even know (laughs) i i have no like Besides the fact she's Pamela Anderson, I know nothing about her character. Lenny, please explain. I mean, it's kind of hard to explain, like, a nuanced character in a couple sentences. But, I mean, yeah, she's uh, this really sweet person uh, who comes to this bookstore. And, uh, you know, everyone there is condescending towards her. But she's uh, smart about it and, like, can stand up for herself. And, um, you know, she... Uh, she works there and gets to know them and likes them. They still fight. And, yeah, she's... So, so the weirdness of this plot really makes no sense at all because this seems like something she would do anyway. Um, I guess I don't know what you mean by weirdness. Uh, They're but, all freaking out about her saying I love you. But... Yeah, because uh, she's... Uh, it's her being emotionally available and deciding to do that and them all being very used to being in this emotionally unavailable world. I kind of dug that element of it. Like, I think that she was... I I had this thing about Pamela Anderson where I understand, and I think the character probably plays into that a lot, is that, like, a lot of people really do treat her like garbage, and I think that they probably treat her like garbage on the show, at least based on this episode. They're all just, like... Like, they're all like, oh, you're so nice. But then as soon as she walks away, they're all just 
Ugh, can you believe that she's saying I love you? Like, what a bitch. <laughs> it's like, Jesus. And I mean, she's not exactly... I wouldn't... I mean, I wouldn't ex expect someone like that to necessarily be automatically, like, mean, but it just seems like for them to be so off-put by it, it just... It didn't matter. It felt like obviously that character says that type of stuff normally, or at least just like, oh, I love you. Like, that kind of stuff. Not like. I mean, it was like broad declarations, like, first thing. It was a little bit strange, but. But I, I also couldn't believe this was 2005 this came out. I can. It, it felt like it was like. I don't know. I feel like it was like a 1997 show or something. It was strange, but. Oh, God. It was 2005. So. So. She goes up to everybody. Eventually, she goes up to Stuart, one of the brothers that owns the store, and tells him she loves him. To which he then responds, like, actually, I'm in love with you, too. And it was kind of sad. And then that's where I was kind of just like, I don't know what they're doing with her character. Because it seems like I could totally get what you're saying, Lenny, where she's an interesting person who's, you know, you think she's going to be an idiot, but she's actually kind of interesting and, you know, kind-hearted and, you know, lovable. But then, like, in that moment... She says back, like, you know, she just looks at him like he's telling her he loves her back and she acts like she doesn't understand what's going on. Like, at that point, you should probably know, like, whoops, this is kind of getting really weirdly personal. And he's basically he's saying he's been in love with her since the moment he saw her, which feels kind of inappropriate because he's her boss. But she just... Well, he's obviously a creep, so... Yeah, I don't... I don't are, are the bosses both uh, at all likable or they just seem kind of odd in this episode? Um, yeah, I find them likable. Like, a lot of the show is definitely commentary on the way that guys are really weird to women like this. Um, so you get, uh, with Stuart, the, like, that weird, creepy vibe, and with Gavin, um, condescension. And so, like, that obviously is a big part of it. I do find them ultimately likable, though, uh, because they do, like, grow when when Skylar stands up for herself and when Kat stands up for herself, like, they start to grow, so they're, like, obviously flawed, but, um, I also, like, feel for them a lot of the time. Well, he, the, I feel like Gavin, of the two of them, at least seemed to have more, like, character. I feel like Stuart was bizarre. Like, Stuart kind of only existed in this to be, like, the awkward. And it was all, it was kind of weird because, okay, so... Before this happens, she tells Gavin... Well, she goes through and says, I love you to basically the whole staff, including customers, which also feels really appropriate, but whatever. So she goes through and says, I love you to everybody, and then she goes back into the back room with Gavin, and then tell... And Gavin has now been told she's telling everybody, I love you. It's, like, super inappropriate. And so she goes up to him and then says, like, you know, uh, I, need to, I need Friday off. And he's like, okay, waiting for her to say I love you, and then she never really does, and it's kind of awkward, because I'm assuming he's expecting to be told that, you know, she loves him too, and then he starts kind of, like, fishing for it, where he's just like, oh, like, um, like, you know, talking to her about other things, and then she explains that, uh, she's hosting a bachelorette party for her friend who's getting married, and then asks him if it's weird to get a stripper for a stripper, which, that's just great. Uh, so. I sighed um, and eye-rolled so many times. <laughs> But, um, and then she also, then he, he keeps her talking. He kind of, like, tries to, to, um, and he call it, like, stall. Pretty much stall for her to start saying I love you. And then it, it, she says, oh, is there anything else I can do for you? And she's just like, oh, yeah, I need to buy some books. Is there an employee discount? And he's like, yeah, it's 40% off. And then, of course, then she throws around the I love yous. But like, I had a question. How did she not know that there was an employee discount if this is season two? I don't know. Wouldn't that be gone over when you're hired? 
I would assume so. Or she's never bought a book, maybe, having worked there? But that, that seems... Like, I feel like she's just... That should be part of the... I don't know. ...package of knowing the stuff. Yeah, I don't know. But she does... Well, she does tell him, though, I love working here! And that makes him kind of, like, furious about it. Because um, now she's just throwing out love to everything. And um, Stuart goes around and starts telling everybody else that he's in love with them, too, because he wants her to not realize what's going on. But I'm like, why is he even doing that? She clearly didn't even understand what happened in the first place. I don't think that she's going to suddenly, like, realize, oh, he meant that he was in love with me. I mean, she didn't get it the first part. I don't know if she's going to, you know, it'll sink in now. But so he starts going around telling everybody that he's in love with them to try and make it look less like he freaked out at her. And so he tells a, a young and, like, walk-on role, Jayma Mays, you know, um, I'm in, I love you. And it's bizarre. She goes off on this, like, crazy tangent where she's like, oh, yeah, I also love you. And then For she kind of does what he did. And it's like... Uh, and then it gets really weird because this, this is, like, taking photos of him making collages. Of course. And then has, like, a photo of what their baby would look like, which, I mean, I guess... Which is, like, the standard, uh, I'm a psycho trope, basically. Yeah, and she's just some random girl. It was just weird. At first I was like, wow, I can't believe Jamie Mays is just, like, a glorified extra. But then she, of course, gets some lines. But, um, but, and then before that, though, um, this is, this is where the, this is where my, kind of, my, my, my understanding of what was going on kind of broke down. Because there's a point at which Pamela Anderson is, or Skylar, is, is given a muffin by cat and then she starts eating the muffin Ugh. and the muffin gets all over her shirt and then it gets down like because again this is a very short like kimono looking thing that you'd wear to bed almost and then she says oh my god i got blueberry on my poochie and then cat says what do you expect with a skirt that short and then she explains no it's designer silk and then goes on to say i should just sell it for the money and blah blah but it was just it was i don't i i don't understand i mean I wish I, I had seen more episodes that you've seen, Lenny, because it just seems like they're making her out to be such a bimbo, and it feels like so... I don't know. And I even if she's not a bimbo, it seems like that's the only joke there is of the show. It's just like, oh, how how ridiculous that she's being this dumb in a, in a bookstore, which I don't... It doesn't matter where you are. Like, being dumb is being dumb. But, um... So she also explained she doesn't have any groceries. That's why she's so hungry for this muffin. And, uh, so, um, they, they immediately Kat realizes she must be broke, and that's why she's been telling everybody, I love you, because she's gonna start asking for money. And then, uh, you know, I can't think of his name, well, it's Christopher Lloyd. Christopher Lloyd says to her, you know, why would she ever come to you, because you're poor? And I'm just like, everyone on the show seems to hate each other. Like, I don't think, even the brothers seem kind of, like, at arms, because there's, like, a point where he says... I, I love when you used to work here, because now he's just, like, you know, walking around doing whatever, but I just felt like everybody was really aggressive with each other, and I was like, and then meanwhile, I guess that's maybe what you're saying, Lenny, where at least, like, Pamela Anderson is walking through, she seems like an actual likable person compared to everybody else, like, even though she's obviously being, like, you know, made the butt of the joke, she's at least, you know, interesting and, and, and nice to people. I don't know. It was strange. And then so, um... Gavin decides, decides to really, like, up his, you know, he tries to up the, the, the sell for trying to get her to say I love you. So he starts, the books that she wants to buy, he just says, just take them for free, it's, you know, on me. 
And then she says, really? Thank you. And then he's just, also, you can have that Friday off. And then she just says, thank you again. Like, she said, I don't know what to say. And he's like, actually, let's make it a paid personal day. I'm like, this is such an abuse of power. It felt really, like, crazy and appropriate. And she continues to say, like, I don't know what to say. That's so nice. And never actually says, I love you. And then of that's course. the point. <laughs> that's the point where he kind of breaks and he just screams out, like, why don't you love me? Which, is there, uh, Lenny, you've seen more of it. Is there supposed to be, like, a will you won't there thing with those two or no? Uh, yeah, that actually did end up being, like, a big, uh, a big will they won't down the show. Yeah, those two. It's kind of awkward, though, because, like, his brother is also in love with her, so was that also part of it? Um, yeah, I think they kind of realized that, uh, I think they actually realized pretty early on that, like, uh, the brother's, like, hopeless crush, like, uh, you know, it would be, oh, it would be really indulgent to have that ever become an actual thing, whereas, like, Gavin and Skylar are on a much more equal footing of, um, uh, you know, the sort of, like, typical back-and-forth banter, so it was, like, a much more interesting couple than just, like, you know, a dude with a crush on a girl who's out of his league eventually getting her. Exactly. And it's also kind of, that was my one issue with it. It was, it was sort of their treating, and I get it, because I'm sure that if a guy met Pamela Anderson, a lot of guys would drool. But, um, it, it was just sort of, I don't know, it was just more along the lines of just, it felt like just the presence of Pamela Anderson means that everybody in the room must, like, love her. Must, and the, that's kind of the vibe they were giving with Stuart, where Stuart was just, like, he's in love with her almost entirely, it seemed like, on a superficial level, which I don't know, I didn't see the first season, so maybe there was some, like, you know, maybe she's been really nice to him, and but I, I don't feel like that was what the, the joke they were making. She's an attractive was. girl that's been nice to him. I think I feel like that's yeah. it. Yeah, pretty much. And then, um, uh, she, well, after Gavin, like, freaked well, out at her, asking, why don't you love me? I now realize we've skipped the most important part of the episode. Which is what? The fact that she says, uh, I love you to the delivery man who is Kid Rock, and I had to watch something what? with Kid Rock in it. Well, I didn't even see that! Because they were dating at the time. Oh my god. Yeah, that delivery guy was Kid Rock. Whoa! Whoa! Thanks for making me watch something with Kid Rock, Maura. So, Lenny, are you obsessed with Kid Rock? <laughs> no. Okay, I don't, cause I don't think he was also, good for her. You're also a very big fan of Silicon Valley, as am I. <laughs> and he was in the pilot of that, so it's, it's tracking that you Now we know the situation. Kid Rock's career. <laughs> it all makes sense now. Oh man, but yeah. So I, I didn't. I, I'm so mad I missed that. I didn't realize. That I'm was mad at you all. missed that too. I, don't, I was, I was so in a in a haze of just like what's going on that I didn't notice it was him. But um, all right. So we can keep going. So this is kind of where my. I mean, I was paying attention for the rest of the episode, but I started to really like. Uh, there at one point they introduced a tree that's dying, and there's no cure for it. Is that what they were talking about? Yes, but of course, she was talking to a tree doctor, so they thought it was a real doctor, and she was dying. It was so strange, too, because they actually, unless I, maybe I wasn't paying attention enough, but I feel like when she first calls him, the first half of the conversation is only on the phone, and then they cut after already having, like, you know, okay, so when when two people are on the phone in a show, they usually either- Explain phones to us, Maura. Yes. (laughs) You know how phones work, guys? No, but you know how, normally if they're on a phone conversation on TV, they'll cut from one person to the other, or they're split screen. Mm -hmm. So they didn't do either of those at first, they just had her talking on the phone for, like- 
two full scenes and then had her responding as if the person well and the other option is if, in case they don't show the person on the other side talking they'll just show one sided of the conversation and they only showed one side of the conversation and then halfway through it they just decided to start talking I don't think it was as long I think you, you're just exaggerating how long the show was with how it felt because it wasn't that uh, long it probably wasn't that long but it was just weird to me whenever someone talks like one sided on a phone conversation and then like they don't immediately cut to the response. It felt very weird. But anyways, that's just me being weird. But So they cut to him, and of course then we know... she She's talking about a tree dying, but everyone else thinks that she's dying because... That's what happens when you call a tree doctor actually doctor. <laughs> Which is just insane. Isn't tree doctor... I guess they are doctors, but I thought that was just like almost a brand name. Practically. Exactly. I don't know. But whatever she, it is. She later says it's like rug doctors. Like, we're not going to call a rug doctor doctor. If someone... I mean, the tree doctor, at least, or tree surgeons, that's a thing. I at least... You could... I don't like the idea of calling them doctors, but rug doctor is next level. Let's never... Let's never try and pretend that someone will come in, clean your carpets, and you call them thank you rug doctor. Like, Maybe she cool. might. Oh my god. So, uh, they all now think that she has, do we know what they think she has? Was it just it, it's some dying? tree disease that she said, but that none of them looked up, because that would be too easy. That'd be way too easy. So they all start, you know, getting really worried that she's got, you know, some kind of a life-threatening illness. <laughs> she's gonna die. Um, and, you know, Kat still thinks it's because she wants money, but, you know, it, yeah, it, it that gets worse and worse. Wants, like, to pay like, medical bills or whatever. It's like, no. What's it? <sighs> oh, There's also right. a Dr. Phil joke in this episode, as if I wasn't angry enough, because, you know, those are always the best. This is so 2005. <laughs> like, I, I, Dr. Phil's still, I guess, technically a thing, but in 2005, he was, like, the thing. And, um, yeah, so, so, okay, so help, help me out where we are from there, because I kind of, I have random notes, but they're all kind of scattered. <laughs> Like, I feel like I, uh, yeah, I have most of the notes, I guess. I just got, okay. at one point I got distracted thinking about Sushi Ritos, so that was important. Yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Oh, yeah, now what's-his-name-is-pretending to be gay. Oh, right, yeah. So, in order to throw suspicion off of him, right, is that kind of why he's... It, no, it's, it's to get Jamin Mays off his back. Yeah, so, but in order to throw, like, the ability to get, well, in order to both, he's simultaneously... Just like pulling himself out of the love business by making himself gay in this, so he's just not interested in Skylar for that reason, and he's not interested in Jamie Mays, but especially because Jamie Mays is now like basically borderline admitted to stalking him, um, and well, she she did stalking him, and he he wants her. I mean, it's weird because, uh, and also Jamie Mays does not look terrible. Not that he should be like she's still know, a, a psychopath. <laughs> yeah, it's just it felt like. She just, they made her as crazy as possible so that they, she always plays a crazy person, which I guess is the eyes, or I don't know. But, <laughs> but yeah, so she's, so she's like, base, she's, I mean, it's awkward because all he really did was say, I love you. He didn't even really, you know, like, respond back the way that, you know, you'd expect someone who's actually in love with you to respond. He just says, I love you. So she's kind of just leaning into it. Cause she well, she has to. a stalker wall, apparently, so. Yeah. Yeah, so she, so she, kind of, does that, I mean, they kind of let up with that, where he's just sort of avoids her by saying that, by saying that he's gay, and then she's done. She's, well, she's he done. eventually admits too in the like, later in the episode that he he doesn't even care that much because he likes the attention. That's what I mean. That's why I was like, why is he even? Oh, whatever. So he's just a strange. She's garbage. Person. 
Yeah. Sorry. All right. So that that happens, and then uh, let's see what else. Uh, I have I have also sushi Ritos, Doctor Phil, so hilarious. Yes. Step off, ho. He's my man. That I. That's why I wrote the note. Is this roommates? That's how angry it was. I actually had a lot of roommates vibes for a lot of this. Like, the Jayma Mays character was basically Felicia Day's character. Yeah. Roommates. It was the exact same setup. It was the two guys. It was the pretty girl. It all felt very weird. And one of them was... I mean, they weren't brothers in that, I don't think. But, like, one of them was obsessed with... Lenny, does anyone ever have secret sex on this show? Uh, yeah. Oh, it's who? roommates. Uh, Stuart and Kat. I yes. knew it! I was gonna bring this that up This is roommates! I knew that was gonna happen by the end. Because I was like, you know, now that they've kind of in this episode eliminated Stuart and Skylar. Not that that would have been a thing, like you were saying, but... They eliminated that as an option, more or less, because they had the whole I love you stuff happening, and clearly she's kind of had that thing with his brother, but, like, you know on a regular sitcom, now they have to pair off the other two, and it's just gonna be because they're the two second from the top, they're just gonna pair them off. It's, like, the standard sitcom premise, but, uh, yeah, so, so she... So they have, well, that is roommates. It's hilarious. <laughs> it's almost like shot for shot roommates. <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So then, uh, well, I'm, I'm then it just kind of wraps up the brothers say, I love you. And that's it. Then there's the tag with the guy he had said, I loved you to before. And that guy was like trying to get it with him. Cause you know, haha, gay jokes. And he, he, he previously said, I love you to, I guess a guy he didn't know was gay or. He, he, yeah, he just said to a random guy. And that's when Jamie Mays is like, what? You're gay. Which by the way, she also tried to say, oh, were, were there are ways to change that basically. So this episode was aces. Yeah. And that's kind of it, right? Yeah. And then Hulu showed me the next episode had Jenny McCarthy and I closed my browser so quickly to prevent so we, anything from happening. So this is definitely one of the shortest things we've ever done for the show, but let's try and go into some of the the previous stuff. So, Lenny, you you enjoy this show, right? Yeah. Can you explain to us why? Not like I'm... I, I genuinely want to know, because it sounds interesting that she could be a, apparently, like, an interesting character, despite what we That saw. I understand. That I understand the character thing. Apparently I understand. That's the only thing I understand. Because based on, like, just, I guess I could say the quote-unquote humor here, I can't imagine a world where there's a better episode of this. Is there? <laughs> yeah, I would definitely put this in the bottom half of the episodes of the show. Okay. Well, it was directed in, by, I think there's been a couple of, it's like a lot Steve of... Steve Levitan fucking created this show. Yeah, so this is a lot of Modern Family beats are here, but it just did not... I don't know. I, I So describe to us, Lenny. Rather than us try and put words in your mouths, try and give us, like, an idea of where what you like about the show. Because I'm, I'm interested in that. Um, yeah, it came out when I was, like, 15. And uh, in high school, uh, I, I was a cheerleader and wore, like, miniskirts and shit. And, like, uh, it was a really weird, hard time because, like, People genuinely thought, like, it was just okay to tell me to my face that I'm, like, really shallow and stupid and uh, the only good thing I have going for me is being hot. And, like, uh, this... uh, And then this show just, like, really connected with me and, like, showed all that of, like, just, like, how weirdly shitty people can be uh, to girls. To Pamela Anderson. Yeah. yeah. um, And it did it in a really interesting way, in a way that didn't... Uh, 
take down you know didn't take down other girls because I thought Kat was also very like interesting and very sympathetic and um they Skylar and Kat's relationship is really interesting and um yeah just really dealt with like the the sort of condescension and dismissal and I found like a lot of other stuff that has similar themes is stuff like Legally Blonde that's all about the girl proving she can you know it's all about proving she can be great at things and she can be better than people on their terms but like really that shouldn't be necessary like you you shouldn't have to be a Harvard valedictorian um Skylar's this character who just like walks in and is immediately like you should be respecting me because I'm a person like yeah yeah that's interesting because that's it, it that's one of my things about I, I I mentioned to you guys before that I was a huge fan growing up of I mean I'm I'm less in love with that show in retrospect because I don't think it's as good as not I don't even know how good the show was I didn't see more of it but VIP was one of my favorite shows growing up because that show at face value people treated the three girls on that show it was basically if you've never seen it it was basically Charlie's Angels with models and literally they were models who happened to be spies and it was great it was it was not it was campy it was dumb and and mindless but it was still like super entertaining especially if you're younger and it just is something that you're interested in that kind of a you know campy spy stuff but so i watched that show a lot because i always loved how like they would still make obviously they make tons of jokes about you know you know them all being bimbos and dumb blondes and stuff but they were doing them themselves because isn't it so funny that people think that we're such idiots but we're like literally super spies (laughs) so i always found that like super interesting and i feel like that's a lot of pamela anderson's career it's she's somebody who gets like written off a lot and i don't think that she's necessarily a great actress but um she's in a lot of stuff where i think that's like a huge element of what she wants to be known for it's just like you know everybody misunder or underestimates me or misunderstands what my vibe is and she like goes out for a lot of roles that just sort of i think just focus on being I don't know, a strong woman. Yeah. Which is weird, because, like, you don't... Ex- I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I expect that, but I, I respect it, at least, for, for a lot, for, for her doing that and changing what I think a lot of people, especially in the 90s, thought of her, because after the sex tape and after all of the, you know, obviously the Playboy stuff, which was all her, actually of her own volition, and I think even... The, I don't know if the sex tape was released by them, but they certainly didn't shy away from being known for it. And uh, no, it was it was leaked. It was leaked, okay. So, so it's not great, but still, I feel like she at least, you know, tried to get ahead of the story on that one compared to some of the more recent stuff. But regardless of that, though, I always kind of find it interesting to me when people in her situation could easily just, you know, play it up and take all of the campy, dumb blonde roles. And I'm sure, like, sure, like, she does take plenty of roles that she is, just, you know, kind of a, a little bit of a ditz, but she's still always, like, a, either a good person or, like good at her job, or, like, good at what she's... Even, like, okay, this is... I mean, first of all, I watched Baywatch a lot, too, Mm -hmm. and she was the same on that show as well. CJ was great. But, um... But, actually, the entire cast of that show was just people who you would consider bimbos being actually, like, life-saving people. Which is always weird, but I loved it. Anyway, so there's (laughs) that. But even, like, as far... As specific as... There's a a music music video everyone probably remembers from the 90s from Lit. My Own Worst Enemy, I think it is? Yes. No, it was the video for Uh, Complete. Miserable. Miserable, yeah, miserable. Yeah, where she plays like she's like herself as like a gigantist, where she's just lying around like posing for things. And she just eats up all the band members one by one. Like it's even that. Like she wouldn't just be a bimbo in a music video posing for shots. Like she had to become. But I don't. I 
and it, you gotta you gotta respect somebody like that. Like, I don't see that as much from. I mean, maybe not. There is definitely people who do this, but I feel like that she's one of the first people who was like known for being just kind of like a Playboy model who demanded respect. And I'm not trying to say like you can't be one or the. It's not like a one or the other situation, but I just I respect her for bringing him to the mainstream more so than it was in the past. And that's kind of what you're saying too, Lenny. About I love the legally blonde stuff because. I mean, obviously in that case, she was a Harvard valedictorian, but I always respect it too from a feminist level where it's just, it's always refreshing to be reminded like, yes, just because she doesn't fit the cookie cutter version of what feminism is, doesn't mean that you should be, you know, left out of the table of, of talking about it. So like, you know, you don't have to be the, you know, bookish intellectual girl, or you don't even have to be Elle Woods. As, like, Elle Woods didn't need to change in order to be a feminist icon. She just remained herself and happened to be really good at what she was doing. But in this situation, she doesn't happen to be, like, you know, a Harvard valedictorian, but she's still... I mean, it's weird. I, I, I have to respect it, even though it's such a, a, a strange choice for us to go on a feminist rant during an episode of Stack. I mean, I feel like it's appropriate, because that is so the theme of the show, and, like, one of the things that makes it really interesting to me is like so like usually you see girls with the exact same physicality on every single show and neither of the girls on this show look like the girl on every other show like Pamela Anderson obviously she's beautiful but like not the way it, that you usually see on TV it's not no. there's like a very specific like every girl like quote unquote every girl who happens to be perfect looking that you always see and on this one it's the complete opposite with her being such an exaggerated like playboy model you don't usually see and then the Marissa Jarrett Winokur being like an actual average girl and um yeah I, I love that they're not like um you know on most shows you would see like two identical girls but like one is brunette so she is like that only one yeah, the, the homely. Yeah. So, but that it all, it's also really interesting to me, too, because they did not shy away from the fact that she is a supermodel. Like, they had her... We mentioned how ridiculous her outfit was, which it is ridiculous. But she was also, like, showing a lot more, like, skin that you normally would see on a TV show. Like, it, it almost felt like, here's a show about people working at a bookstore. Now, let's just throw Pamela Anderson in there. And I'm sure she was doing some acting, maybe, but, like... I almost feel like some of the stuff she was doing there was kind of a naturalistic, like, that's just how she is. Oh, yeah, and the, the, like, the biographical details of Skylar are always stuff like, oh, yeah, like, I dated all these guys in bands and, like, all this uh, stuff that is, like, very, uh, very Pamela Anderson-y. Yeah, very hat tip. And it's weird, too, because I almost think that Steve Levitan, who created this and then, of course, went on to be a little bit more successful uh, when he created uh, Modern Family. This feels like kind of the like same kind of concept they, they ended up going with Sofia Vergara on that show, where I think a lot of what they have um, uh, Gloria do on the show is, I would say, of the same mindset of someone like a Pamela Anderson. I don't think that she has the same physicality, although she's obviously gorgeous, but they definitely play with that whole, you know, she's a beautiful woman and, and everyone assumes she's an idiot, basically. That's, and then especially because she has an accent on top of everything. Although everyone always, I love, that I do love about that show is that she's always reminding people 
by the way, I'm actually speaking two languages, even though you can barely <laughs> understand one of them. But it's it's interesting to me because I think that you know it's it's easy to write off shows that I think this is. I, I, I know that you like it a lot, Lenny. I did not enjoy it that much. But I, I do think it's fun to find, like, like kernels of greatness in even, like, terrible episodes of TV. Because I think that's kind of what we had here. Like, it was... Mm-hmm. She she has... It's an interesting character, even though the plot and everything else around it was kind of, like, you know, a little subpar. <laughs> but... Uh, what yeah. I always say about Stacked is it's basically a show that proved its own point. Because uh, the pilot of the show is... Uh, her like coming in and um you know talking about how she feels about these books and uh gavin is like um you're literally judging books by their cover right now and she's like you're clearly doing the exact same thing and um it's all about like the show is so all about not judging her in that way and what's hilarious to me is like over and over again i meet people who only know that it's a show starring pamela anderson and assume it's stupid and it's like yeah like the exact point that it's making is the reason it was never successful is everyone immediately dismissed it it's probably because they saw the promos where it's just basically the opening credits of the show those, yeah, I mean, those are the promos for the show. I should find, maybe I can find the credits and link to them. If not, I'm sure you could, it's on Hulu Plus, so you could try and find at least a couple, maybe you even just, you could probably find clips on, on Hulu of just the credits anyway, but, so it is, I mean, and then, I don't want to get into too much of a specific conversation about it, because I, I know, um, like, say, House Get Made did a lot of it in their, uh, what do you call it, uh, Barbed Wire episode, talking about, like, the physicality of Pamela Anderson, but, like we're saying, like, she is a model with, I mean, I don't know what size breasts she has, but just the fact that she's showing cleavage is, I mean, compared to some situations, it would be considered obscene. And I'm not trying to say, like, she is an obscene person, but it just, it immediately becomes, like, a, like a, a Playboy light, basically. Just, just her gyrating becomes a little bit more provocative than it would just be any other random person gyrating because she's got huge boobs and it's kind of the vibe they're going for is they're not trying to pretend like she doesn't they just are leaning into it which doesn't really work as well when they have the credits that ridiculous and then you have an episode talking about how she's a great person and like she's a misunderstood character and it just feels like the marketing in general for this show does a really poor job of explaining like the things you're telling us about Lenny where it's apparently yeah, time, I mean, I'm, I'm sure they were just trying to get people to watch it, and the marketing marketing was terrible. Uh, and the people that were watching it were probably like, like you telling us that we're stupid for finding her hot. Fuck you guys, and then turning it off um, or muting it and watching it muted. Yeah, Jesus. I just kind of, I don't, I don't even remember what got me to watch it because I don't even remember seeing ads for it. But like, uh, yeah, I happened to see what ended up being my favorite episode of the show. Um, uh, that kind of just like blew my mind because like I said it was like I was going through this like really hard time and I had never really seen anything that sort of like validated my suspicion that everyone in my life was being really condescending towards me and so they had this episode where um Gavin decides he's gonna write another novel because that's his thing is he he wrote one novel that was a huge failure and now he just runs this bookshop and so he decides to get back into it, and he gives everybody a copy, and when he's handing them out, uh, Skylar's like, oh, you're giving one, one to me too? And she's, like, really surprised and happy, and then um, everyone else tells that him that his book is great, even though it's terrible, and she gives him actual notes, and he's like, 
oh, you probably just didn't understand it. And then, like... Uh, That's awesome. That makes me want to watch that episode. And, yeah, and then, uh, like, when um, she... Uh, when everyone is like, why would you give him notes? He clearly just wants you to tell him it's good. She's like, because it surprised me that he asked me for notes, and it really meant a lot to me. And it, like... Uh, I love that episode a lot. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Because it, to me, it's like actually delivering a little bit more on the premise. This episode felt like it was almost just sort of being a little more lazy. This is sort of, you know, they needed a filler episode. Even though it's the, pre- it's the premiere for the second season, so it's a little bit weird to be lazy here. Now, was the first season only five episodes because it was the writer's strike? Is that what this was around, or no? I really don't know. Like I said, it was like 15. I didn't pay attention to, like, the specifics of anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I know that there was only five in the first season, which is... Uh, tremendously short. Well, it looks like and it was just were... a mid-season thing, so... Okay, so it was just sort of popped in, and then there was only 14, although five of the last season didn't actually air. They were all... They are all on um, on Hulu, though, if you ever want to go back and watch them. But I do... I also want to mention, too, I remember watching this, speaking of the marketing for it, because I didn't watch this, but I remember seeing promos for this, and for a very long time, at least like a season or two of Big Bang Theory... I thought that Big Bang Theory was this show. Yeah, the and Big people... Bang Theory is basically a shitty version of Stacked. Like, yeah, if those and... guys didn't actually have redeeming qualities, it would be Exactly. Stacked. And I remember wait, waiting so long. I, I eventually did watch Big Bang Theory, and I, I, I'm i not going to even lie. I enjoyed it for a couple seasons. But beyond that, like, I actually quit that show for the same reasons we're talking about, as I never let her actually become a character. And it feels like if they had a situation like they had here they'd feel a little bit more, like, to not let her be a good character is to not actually go through on the same premise the show's about, which is the whole point. So, oh, just... uh, yeah, this was uh, mid-season, and it came, like, right after Quintuplet. So, like, once Quintuplet oh, was canceled, Lord. it took that space. And then this was... Well, it got the second season, so it got some stuff. But and I'm then it really... had, like, half the viewership. I think, I think at the exact same time, this... Rules of Engagement and Big Bang Theory all premiered. If they weren't like back to back to back, it was Big very Bang close. Theory had not yet aired. Okay. This was still eight simple rules, so okay, at this time. So it, was, it was close to the beginning of when that stuff started to really hit. And I think Rules of Engagement was pretty Big, close after. Big Bang, Big Bang Theory was 2007. So it was like it, when this was canceled, Big Bang Theory came on. So it was almost like that really just picked up a torch and, like, drove it into the ground. Um, and then let me try and think of when Rules of Engagement... Because I think all those shows... Were you the one person who watched Rules of Engagement? <laughs> no, 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 I wasn't. But I, that was another show that came on. I bet you it... But if it wasn't the same year as Big Bang Theory, it was practically the same year. And all the promos for these just looked like identical promos from Stacked because the marketing was just hot blonde, bunch of dumb guys in, in a bookstore or something. Like, that's basically the same plot. And... I didn't know for a long time I thought Big Bang Theory was the same show and I remember thinking like I'm not watching that trash then I watched <laughs> it and I'm like why am I watching this trash but you know so it, it it's the same so imagine you know a show like Big Bang Theory with an actual premise that you know was delivered on a good I mean I, I would even say like Big Bang Theory has its flaws but honestly as, I, many, as but... much as I hate Big Bang Theory I would still say the jokes and joke delivery are better on that show like, exactly. I, I think, felt the jokes were just all flat and so predictable here. See, what the problem is, I think that it's almost like this show had better characters. Big Bang Theory has better writing. 
if we had had a combination of the two with better characters and better writing, we might have actually had a decent show. But in both of those <laughs> situations, it kind of like you get like good characters, weak plot on this show, and you get um, good, terrible characters, decent plot on the other show. Yeah, and it just that, never really. That is always up. a weakness of Stacked that I always wish that uh, they had. That um, it wasn't like so farcical, like it gets so into that like really classic sitcom style of like farce and misunderstandings and suspension of disbelief um, that uh, you know I do have a certain tolerance for, but um, they I think they went like a little too far with it, and for me I can like uh, I can forgive it because I'm just like so interested in these characters and watching them interact, but like. Yeah, there's always moments where I'm like, oh, I wish I could see a version of this that had handled it in a little less cheesy way. I almost feel like if it was on a sh- on like a network like USA or something, it would have had a little more time to like find their voices or something. I feel I feel like what what it was on ABC or CBS? Fox. This is Fox. Fox. Okay. Yeah, it yeah, came at it that. came out at uh, I I feel like it was just like weird that it was such a. Um, they were. Cl- it was like so old school, and Fox at the time had stuff like Malcolm in the Middle and Everybody Loves Chris that were like really, really sophisticated sitcoms. So mm-hmm. it was like a very weird fit, and I wish they. Everybody had, like, Loves Chris was UPN. Oh, uh, sorry. Um, but yeah, like there were sitcoms at the time that you know were really sophisticated, and so I think like 2005 was just. Arrested Development was there as well. Yeah, exactly. Oh it, wow! It was a yeah. really awkward time when like sitcoms were starting to be like. So this really show... well shot and like plotted in like sophisticated ways and um you, yeah you can definitely see like how this was like not catching up so this show aired roughly back to back with arrested development i it's it sucks cuz the premise is there like it, like what we're saying like legally blonde with a bookstore fine i'll take it but it just i mean it was just such not i mean i feel like it didn't get the attention it deserved because we weren't really into, interested in watching that at the time, although when you were, um, but most people weren't watching it, so they had to just amp up the sex and amp up the the broad humor of it all, and it became, it was it, I mean, it was canceled halfway through the second season, and then the five episodes never even aired. I don't think so. It's just it, it, it's a shame because it kind of is like what you're saying. It's almost like you know the universe delivered on the same premise of just you know judging a book by its cover and then throwing it away. <laughs> Yeah. But, well, hmm. yeah, I can totally see how it was the same people who did Modern Family because that's always something that has like bugged me about Modern Family is there'll be like such like overwritten jokes where you're so like aware of watching a sitcom and mm-hmm. you know and I just I'm like I would love to just like watch Phil Dunphy and Claire Dunphy have like a real conversation because I like both of them but it's always like so like this is a punchline you know yeah I think that I don't know much about Steve Levithan and I don't know that much about um you know those types of shows I think Big Bang Theory has the same problem obviously yeah but I think it's like an old school comedy writer style that yeah, exactly. has just slowly been weaned out of our systems to like I mean I wouldn't not that I'm saying like community is the end all be all but like shows like community and rest of development Obviously, they have the same amount of jokes and premises and insanity, but they're just a lot more subtle. So it just we've kind of at times the broad comedy plays as, as just fake. Yeah, exactly. And and even, even the watch. the fact that the creators, you know, would even like compare it to Cheers, like obviously, like that's insane. <laughs> I actually I, I have no problem with that because 
the impression I got just from reading up on this is that that's what they were going for with the original script. Then Pamela Anderson signed on. Oh, that's okay. what no, it was but like. like a, what I'm saying is that Cheers is that like very farcical old school yeah. uh, comedy of misunderstandings, and so you're like, oh, okay, that's the thing is they're like trying to make Cheers for a generation that is sort of like over it and watching Arrested Development, you know? Yeah, and I think. Honestly, this is closer to Becker than anything else, if you want to go in that way. Are you a per- okay. the one person who watched Becker? Yes, I watched the shit out of Becker. Fuck oh, you. Oh, God. <laughs> What's wrong with you, Maura? I was young. I didn't know. But you so, were young and you were I, watching Becker. I crush on Ted Danson. Anyway, so I, I think that like the premise here is basically people sitting around a bookstore talking, and that's always going to be hard to find you know, plots that aren't very traditional because otherwise, how much can you really write about? That You know, at some point it's going to just become like a day-to-day workplace situation, which is fine, but then you end up with more something like The Office than you end up with, you know, Big Bang Theory or whatever you want to say. So, because, I mean, for all Big Bang Theory's, um, you know, science stuff, that's also just a hangout comedy at the end of the day. Yes. It's mostly just people, like, sitting around eating or talking. Yeah. So that's kind of what this was supposed to be, but I think they... They, they tried too hard to make it, you know, a punchy comedy instead of focusing on a premise that could have been better if they'd actually... I, I actually, again, I, I'll go to bat for her. I love Pamela Anderson. I would have watched it with her as well. I'm sure she could have handled it, but they just, they kind of flubbed it, in my opinion, but... Yeah, I, I really, in, I enjoy a lot of the, the plotting aspects of it, like... I like how it is. I always like sitcom plots that are rooted in like really little awkward things, and then we let the characters go with it. Like this, uh, this episode of her telling everyone she loves them um, and not Gavin, which hit me so fucking hard. Oh my god, every time I feel for him. Um, and there's like an episode that's about like an awkward dream Gavin has, and um, you know they're they're all about how like when you work in close proximity with people like that, like awkwardness and gossip and tension just sort of like snowballs and I do really like that but it is also like very hard to maintain and they um do like a a lot of the time like don't I feel like they don't trust the characters enough to make it uh organic and will always like throw in probably because they're trying to deliver on a deliver on a promise that no one really cares about like they'll go for like the sex joke or whatever yeah, and I think a lot of these writers were trained on shows like Roseanne and, you know, um, I think Golden Girls is a huge farm for a lot of them. So that those shows required you to have those types of premises and to almost, I mean, the characters were great on those shows, but they also also threw them to the wind a lot of the time. So it was more just like, okay, here, here are puppets, let's make a funny play with them. It's not you know, let's talk about the puppet, <laughs> which is fine, but it doesn't really, it doesn't really track for a show whose premise was so specific to a character that they don't really want to give that much time or energy towards fleshing out more. Although, I mean, there was, I mean, there was a little bit here, but it wasn't, wasn't very much at all. Maybe another episode. Yeah, a lot more. of the episodes, I think, work a lot better than this one. Like, there's, uh, there's stuff where, like, there's one where, um, Kat invites Skylar to her knitting group and, the the other women are sort of just like immediately hostile and like there's no way this girl has problem with men and Kat has to be like what the fuck are you talking about like her boyfriends are also terrible to her because she has to live in the real world and like uh, it's a very relationship driven thing that I think works really well 
So that, I'm going to give you guys, if you want to go back and watch some of the stuff we've been talking about, that episode is season one, episode five, The X Appeal, and the other one we were mentioning before, um, with the book publishing, which sounds interesting, is Crazy Ray. Yeah, Crazy Ray is definitely my favorite. Well, that's interesting. I mean, it's certainly not something I anticipated coming into the conversation, is actually finding the show watchable at some point. Although I don't know that I would enjoy it as much as you, because I think part of it, too, is if you watch certain shows, like I said, VIP is, for me, I know it's not amazing, but I do really have a soft spot for it. I think if you watch it at the right time, it's just easy to find characters. Um, You know, I find, especially, like, Pamela Anderson tends to play a lot of very lovable, empathy-driven characters. Whether she's doing it on purpose or not, I I can't say. It seems like she must be, because they're almost all that way. (laughs) Everything that I've watched, they're that way. Yeah, it's one of those things where, like, obviously I still, like, rewatch it and enjoy it, and, um... But, yeah, it's one of those things where, like, uh... You know, if there's a joke that doesn't land or a certain beat that's a little off, it's like, I'll let it go, because, like, nothing's gonna ever, like, um you know, mean as much to me as Skylar Dayton does to me or as much as Kat does to me. Like, they've had such a... They've become so important to me. It's like, yeah, who cares if this joke doesn't land? Hmm, man. All right, well, uh, that, I think we... we went, do we have any other wrap-up notes that we didn't go over? Let's see. Honestly, the only thing I enjoyed about this were the act-opening book excerpts. Which were those? I didn't even notice them. Every time there was a new act, there was, a, a like, a fake book excerpt about oh, what was going on. Oh, yeah, yeah, I definitely remember that. Really yeah. Okay. I, I'm vaguely remembering it now. So again, Jesus Christ, Mora. Show. Like, what? You, I was in and out of You it. might be literally blind. <laughs> I have 2070 vision, so I am legally blind. Jesus Christ. <laughs> if I don't have my glasses on, I'm a threat on the road. <laughs> I've been told that by my doctor. National uh, threat. Yes, national threat, Mora. Kate. Okay. Uh, anything else? <laughs> I think I think we're good. I think we're good. All right. Well, Don't drive, Mora. <laughs> let's let's get to some plugs then. So, what's up with you, Latoya? Uh, you can of course follow me on the Twitter at Lafergs. You can find my writing on AV Club and other places. Uh, I think I'll also plug She Spies since we're talking yeah. about hot ladies just doing shit. So get yeah, She Spies season one. Don't watch season two. It's a mess. <laughs> it's a mess. All right, and Lenny, what's up with you? Uh, I am a news editor and writer at thetelevixen.com and editor at ballermindframe.com slash popculturespin and writer at gossipandgab.com. And also, speaking of Jama Mays, I have a podcast dedicated to Glee. Also, speaking of bad TV, uh, <laughs> it's called The Ugly Truth. Nice. All right. Awesome. And then you're at Lenny Burnham on Twitter, right? Yep. So follow all that stuff there. And then, as always, I am at Mara E on Twitter. Um, the next episode of this show is Psych. Uh, well, we're going to really only talk about Season 8, Episode 3 remake, a.k.a. Cloudy with a Chance of Improvement, but that's because it was a basically a shot-for-shot remake slash reflub of uh, Season 1, Episode 12, Cloudy with a Chance of Murder. It's insane. It's my birthday episode, so... <laughs> it's a lot of homework. Uh, so, so stay tuned for that and then you can get us at the Televoid on Twitter you can email us at thetelevoid at gmail.com you can rate, subscribe, review us on iTunes and then in general thanks for wandering into the Televoid guys see you next time, bye bye